right now. Today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told. And nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash the Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 134 of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it. Please consider subscribing. If whatever app you are listening to this show on allows you to rate the show, please give a four-star or five-star rating. But most of all, the biggest help you can have for this show and support of this show is to spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. I do realize I have a bunch of new listeners, so I want to make sure you guys know about this. I have two Facebook groups, and if you don't know about them, I want to make sure you do. The first Facebook group is the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast group, and you can join that if you'd like. Just search the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast on Facebook in the group section, and you'll find that. There is also the Ranting Weight Watcher Consistency Challenge group. And in this group is a small group of individuals. They are all working to become consistent in something in their life. They have chosen whatever it is. They are all accountable to each other in there. But they're all working to make something consistent in their life. And if this is something you're interested in, if you're new here and you didn't know about it, I want to make sure you know about it. Because if there's something you want to build consistency in, you would find tremendous support in this group and the, you go to the group section of Facebook and search RWW consistency challenge. Again, RWW consistency challenge. If you want to be part of that group, just search for it, ask to join. I'll approve you and start working today to make something in your life, in your health quest more consistent today than it was yesterday. It's all about a little bit at a time, making it better, making it better, making it better. That's what it's always been about, and that's what it always will be about. As long as you are better today than you were yesterday, you're making progress. Just keep going. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into this. Journey updates. I am up 0.2 pounds this week. For the month of April, since this is the first weigh-in, we are up 0.2 pounds. Total loss since January 2019 is 154.6. 
pounds remaining to get to the 175-pound milestone is 20.4 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to the 200-pound milestone, 45.4 pounds. When I looked at my weight this week and I went to track it, I wanted to reflect back. So I went back and I looked for when exactly I hit the 150-pound mark. And so that date was the beginning of June last year. I, I basically looked at the entire journey as a whole. And you can see that a steady decline of weight has been happening. When we hit that mark for the 150-pound charm, it went from going down steadily to straightening out. So it went down a little bit more past the 150 mark, but after that, it just leveled out. Many of you would say this is a plateau. I have basically been maintaining the same weight within 10 pounds of where I am for the past year. I tend to stay away from the word plateau. I feel like people can, they can stay in one place forever because they have a word to label it. If you could say, well, I'm a pl- on a plateau, it never points the finger at what you can improve. All it really does is explain to everybody why the scale's not moving. It, none of it is untrue. I'm not saying that you can't be on a plateau. I'm saying that when you're on a plateau and things aren't moving, it's because you haven't discovered what change needs to be made or what you're not doing. If all of the work you're doing is consistent and you, you are doing it to the best of your knowledge, then there's something new you don't know yet. And that's where you could start to see the flaws in any weight loss plan. And I've kind of learned that now as I'm here. When I started on this journey, I needed to, I, I was saying to myself, I need to lose 200 pounds. That was what I said to myself the day I walked in on the first day, January 12th, 2019. I need to lose 200 pounds and then I'll reassess my life. Since then, I've hit 150. And since I hit 150, I've been maintaining. So I could tell the world I'm on a plateau, but it's just not how my mind works. My mind works as to what am I not doing or what have I not learned yet? What lesson have I not learned yet that I need to learn in order to continue to my next level? That's where it always goes. And when you have as much weight to lose as I do, everybody has this number, right? It's like, um, how can I explain this to you? It's like when you buy a house, when you, you buy the house, you want to make improvements to it, whatever it is, there's only so much money you can put into the house because you never want to be in the position to be 
so far above your neighbors in the value of your home because then nobody will want to buy your home. They'll buy all the homes around you and just do the same thing to that home because it's cheaper and they'll do the way that they want to do it. You understand what I'm saying to you? If I'm looking at your home and your home is this beautiful thing and you want a million dollars for it and your next store neighbor's home is 300000 but it's the same footprint. I'm going to buy your next door neighbor's home and spend half of the rest you spent and I'll end up having the same home for cheaper. It's as simple as that. So this in the same token, when we're trying to lose weight, there's going to be a time where things that used to work no longer work because they have reached the limit or the ceiling of the fact that they will work. Now, Here's the flaw with the WW plan. When you have lots of weight to lose, this will help you tremendously. And that is the zero point foods. When you have as much to weight to lose as I did, I mean, anybody will have some help from a zero point foods, but there will come a time where those zero point foods, you're eating enough of those to maintain, not no longer lose. And because all of those foods are zero-point foods, maybe you're not measuring them, maybe you're not weighing them, maybe you're doing all of those things, but still because they're zero, you have no real knowledge of how much of it you're eating. There's not really a limitation. But as long as the scale is going down, you don't question it, you just keep going. And if you do like I did, you start off 400 pounds and you start to supplement. So where I used to go and pig out on chips and cookies and whatever other things. I I was a sub guy. I love sandwiches. I still love sandwiches. Now, as I'm going through this, I decide that, all right, I need to supplement these things I used to go after with healthier things and make sure I'm eating at minimum the same amount of food because I don't ever want to feel hungry. Right? So I started substituting a little bit at a time. I started choosing WW friendly foods. And a lot of these foods are zero point foods. And the weight started to fall off. Just from the mere change, the weight started to fall off. And I'm going through life, doing what I need to do. I come to the point where 150 pounds down, I stop losing. Does that mean the journey as a whole is a failure? No. Does that mean that Weight Watchers does not work? No. When, when implemented up to 98% accuracy, you will get results. But there will come a time, as I've been telling you over the past few weeks, where you'll have to graduate and move on and add things so that you can continue your journey. You can accept what cards you're dealt. And stay right where you are and tell the world you're on a plateau. Or you can start opening a book, reading about nutrition, and figuring out what you don't know yet. Because, look, if there are 10 of us in a row, nine and a half of us don't know what we're doing when you start reading a book and find out what you don't know. And it took opening a book to make me realize what I didn't know. It's not just the zero point area. 
it is the, the the points area too, right? As a whole, it's only one number that represents the food item you're eating. And it's very easy to look at a, a number and say, well, I'm willing to pay that number or I'm not willing to pay that number. And this is a wonderful way to start out. The same thing with the people that are listening to me, that calorie count. Calories are just one of the numbers. People who calorie count believe calories in, calories out. If you want to lose weight, you have to operate in a deficit. And this, at the fundamental level, at a rudimentary level, is correct. But the calorie counting doesn't account for a big major thing, like what the food is you're eating. As long as you don't go over the calories, it doesn't matter what you eat. Just stay within those calories and you'll be all right. And the same thing with Weight Watchers, stay within your points and you will be all right. And all of this works up to a point. I'm not telling you it never works. I'm not telling you it never worked. I am standing here as a success story. But I'm telling you where I am at my moment, it's like I'm ready to graduate college, but I'm having a good time and I want to stick around. As long as daddy keeps paying the the tuition, I'm going to keep staying and uh, partying. That's what it's like. At some point, we outgrow the systems we are in and the only thing that can help us continue our journey is to gain the knowledge we do not yet have to continue it. Like I said, WW, calorie counting, all of these things are a wonderful way to start. And I've been telling you over the past few weeks that they are not the end. They are just the beginning. And I also told you that I felt like I was on the edge of a cliff. And all I had to do was jump off and take the risk and figure it out as I went. This book I read recently introduced me to something called macros. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of them, but I'm sure a lot of you don't really understand them. Like WW, you pay attention to one number. And calorie counting, you pay attention to one number. With macros, the calories count And three other numbers count. So it's four numbers you're paying attention to. You have to manage to eat a certain amount of carbohydrates, a certain amount of protein, a certain amount of fat, all within a certain amount of calories. When you have that perfect blend, and this is why people could say, oh, that didn't work for me. That didn't, this doesn't work for me. These systems don't work for me. It's because the nutritional values that come out in certain systems, they aren't tweaked for your needs. The thing about macros is they can be tweaked for whatever you need. They can be adjusted in many different ways. You are paying attention to four numbers. You are trying to get all three of those categories, carbs, fat, protein, to be a certain number within the calories you're given. 
Does that make sense? I hope it does. The thing is, what it does, what macros do is, it kind of exposes the, look, there's nothing that's zero. Nothing is free. Everything has some kind of value in something. And that's where it's kind of eye-opening. You know, zero-point foods in your mind are healthy. And I'm not saying they aren't healthy. They are healthy. But when you realize that everything that you're eating has some sort of protein, carbs, and fats, and they have a calorie count, all of a sudden they play a role whether, the, whether or not someone else is saying they're zero. And when you get to the point in your journey, if it's like me, where you feel like you're plateauing, you're doing everything right, and the scale's not moving. At this point, you're maintaining. And the world will have you realize in order to keep going, you have to cut food out. Maybe you don't have to cut food out. Maybe you have to change the right foods out for the right foods you need. Do you understand? Maybe you're taking in too much carbohydrate and your body really needs protein. Or maybe you're someone who needs more fat in their life So you need to add some olive oil and take away some carbs or take away some protein, right? And that's what macros is. It's about discovering that everybody is going to have some beginning that they can start with. Okay, I should eat this many grams of carbohydrate, this many grams of protein, and this many grams of fats. I will start here. And you notice certain things, you know, and you say, okay, wait, I'm going to take away some of the fats and we're going to increase some of the protein. And you can play with the numbers as long as you stay within the calorie area. Right? And none none of it is about perfection. It's about just like everything else I have taught you, just being consistent. How did this all start for me? I read a book called Unlock Your Macro Type by Christine Horonic. You can get it on Amazon. You know what? Do me a favor. I would love to one day have her on this show. If you're on Instagram, look for Christine Horonic. And tell her you bought her book because of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. <laughs> if you did. I'm not telling you to tell, not tell her that if you didn't do it. If you did do that, just let her know. Because I'd love to have her on this show. And if we could bring attention to the show by telling her you bought this book because you heard about it on the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast, maybe... Just maybe she can come on the show and answer some of the questions I still have having read the book. And how awesome would that be to have the author of basically, this is the new foundation for me. This book has become the new foundation to continue forward onto 200. I'm not telling you I'm leaving WW. I have no reason to leave WW. My job pays for it. I don't pay for it. They pay for it 11 months out of the 12-month year. I pay for it one month. So 
if I pay for it one month, I, hey, it's worth keeping for $45 a year. I'm not worried about it. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just implementing new details. I'm still counting. I'm still tracking in there and counting points. I'm also going to be counting the amount of protein, carbs, and fats I take in on a daily basis. When I read the book, there were questionnaires in the book. You do the first questionnaire, it's about carb tolerance. And once you get your score there, it helps you do the second questionnaire, macro type. Once you do the macro type questionnaire, you now are handed the percentages of the three macros you should eat and how much of them you should eat. When I did the questionnaires, I had to you I had to do basically 40% protein, 25% carbohydrate and 35% fat. That was my goal to start with. And I only chose them so rounded off like this because the app that I was using does not let you get very specific with the number. So I got as close to the numbers as possible. My actual number was 37 point whatever percent, but I had to go either 35 or 40. So I went to 40 with the protein. And the same thing with fat. I had to go to 36 point whatever percent. I went instead of to 40, I went down to 35. And with carbs, it was 26 and change. I went down to 25 and I favored protein of them all. This is the beginning of the percentages of my macros. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. I now present to you the Ranting Weight Watcher Accountability Creed. If you choose this day to say this creed, you are accountable to me, the author. You are also accountable to all of those before you who have taken the creed and all of those after you who will take the creed. But most of all, you are accountable to yourself. Now recite with me the accountability creed. Nothing can stand in my way because I choose to be unstoppable. My challenges crumble in my presence because I choose strength when I am weak. My insecurities have no power over my life because I choose confidence in the face of fear. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. The mirror and the scale are powerless because I move forward in spite of the result. Circumstances are not obstacles because I see solutions instead of problems. The demons of my past can no longer torment me because I choose to renew my mind daily. All things are possible as long as I believe because if God is for me, who can be against me? This is the creed I declare each day. It is about what I do not what I say. I will learn the work that needs to be done. I will never stop 
even when I've won. I will work consistently, no matter the cost. I refuse to believe that all hope is lost. I will work when I want to. I will work when I don't. I will work when they are cheering. I will work when they won't. I will work when it's easy. I will work when it's hard. The atonements that I've made are made with no regard. I will work when it's cold. I will work when it's hot. Because choices have consequences, justified or not. When I think I know it all, I will start back at one. Because regardless of what I think, the work is never done. And from this moment forward, when times are tough, I choose to believe that I am enough. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. The other thing I need to figure out is how many calories should I take in? I found a website, and the website asks you for your height, your weight, your sex, and how many times a week you work out. So when you answer the questionnaire, it gives you four choices. It says, if you want to maintain weight every week, eat this many calories. If you want to lose a half a pound a week, eat this many calories. If you want to lose one pound a week, eat this many calories. And if you want to lose two pounds a week, eat this many calories. Now, whenever I have ever filled out any questionnaire about calories, I always default to one pound a week because it just, it's not overly aggressive. It seems maintainable. You guys will choose whatever you want to choose if you do this. I also will put the, the link to the website that I calculated my calories with in the description of this episode. So you'll be able to click it, go to it, input your information, and get your four different calorie numbers to pay attention to. Once you have all four of these numbers, you get your percentage, you get your calories, you put them all into the app. Now, I, I am using the Healthy app, and the Healthy app actually turned those percentages into grams. So 35% fat became 89.1 grams of fat based on the amount of calories you put in. So whatever your calorie number you're in, for me, it's 2,300, right? So with 2,300 as my daily intake... This is in order to lose a pound a week. 35% fat becomes 89.1 grams of fat. 25% carbohydrates becomes 143.1 grams of carbohydrates. And 40% protein becomes 229 grams of protein. So once you turn on all of these options in the healthy settings... In order to have access to these settings, you have to pay for healthy. The healthy app is only $30 a year. 
again, it is the perfect blend of Weight Watchers, calorie counting, and macros all on the same screen. It is like your beginning, your doorstep, nothing advanced about this. You still have points on the same screen. And when you look up the points in the Weight Watcher app and you look at the points in the Healthy app, oftentimes they are exactly the same. Okay? So if you're just starting out and you're curious, you can start with the Healthy app. You can enable calories and macros and set your percentages based on what the book tells you and set your calorie intake based on what that website tells you. You'll get the grams at that moment. How many grams of each thing? This is what I discovered. I took the last week and I created what I call the baseline. I basically took everything I eat, because I eat so systematically, I kept eating exactly as I normally eat. But instead, I weighed everything. I measured, well, the other stuff is that takes measurement, like with a cup of something, was already measured. So I didn't really have to adjust there. But the things like, I went as far as to weigh an apple so that I can know how many carbs and how many fibers and you know what, all of these things about the apple. I needed to know every detail I was doing so that I can continue the whole thing, create a proper baseline. The mind-blowing thing of what happened to me here is you don't realize the true value of things until you start weighing them, right? Especially when the food on Weight Watchers would be a zero-point food, you don't really pay it any mind. But when you need to know how many carbs that food has, it, you, you need to know how much it weighs, right? And I suddenly realized that, I mean, a simple apple that I would weigh it and do whatever, track it in the app, it would end up translating to more than a third of my daily intake for carbohydrates because that's how big the apple was. It's one thing to just track a medium apple or a small apple. You can't really get away with knowing what you need to do if you do things that way, right? So I decided to weigh my apple. And the first time I weighed an apple, I was doing it in ounces. And now I'm doing it all in grams because it's just easier that way when you're trying to keep track of everything. But I weighed the apple for the first time and it was 10 ounces. <laughs> People eat 10 ounces of chicken and they think that's a lot. The apple was 10 ounces. <laughs> and I, I remember like, it was like, whoa, that's, wow. <laughs> And it translated to like 65 grams of carbohydrates. And I already told you what I should be taking was 144 for the day. And so it was, um, <laughs> it is a different, different thing, man. Let me tell you. So the entire week, because I eat the same breakfast and lunch every day, and the dinner is the only thing that's different, I decided just to average out over the baseline week. 
the average calories consumed on a daily basis is 2,700 calories. I should be at 2,300 calories. Based on what I was eating every day with Weight Watchers, I was eating 2,700. Now, the funny thing is when I looked at that calorie counting website, the number to maintain was 2,685, whatever. So it was basically 2,700 calories. So now there's no wonder why I've been maintaining since last June or, or May, whatever it was. I'm taking in about 2,700 calories. If you would have asked me before this experiment, what do I eat most of? I would have told you protein. I'm at 188 grams and I should be at 229. So there's not a big adjustment coming for the protein side of things. Fats, I'm at 45, averaging 45 grams a day. And I need to be at 90. So I'll have to be adding things that maybe some of those proteins that I add have to be a little higher in fat to bring up the fat a little bit. The amount of carbs I should be taking in is 143 or 144. Let's call it 144. And the amount of calorie, the amount of, and the amount of carbs I'm averaging per day is 406. And this is all in grams. I'm at 45 grams of fat. I need to be at 90. I am at 188 grams of protein. I need to be at 230. And I am at 406 grams of carbohydrates. And I need to be at 145. That's just me rounding off. Because I got a lot of decimal point numbers here. So in looking at all of this, I took a look at my meals that I track on a daily basis. And the majority of my carbs are coming in the morning. And unfortunately, they are all coming from fruit. As much as I love fruit. The one thing this experiment or this baseline helped me realize is how much of a dependency, number one, that I have created on the fruit because it's zero points. I chose those fruits to make me full all the time because they were zero and they tasted good. They're sweet. I mean, fruit is delicious. I'll tell you right now, if you have a sweet tooth, here's a challenge for you. If you are someone who likes to eat cake and cookies and all these things, if you can eliminate those things from your life for a, a, a period of time, I'm not telling you forever. I'm saying fast from them for however many days. And then bite an apple after however many days. What, what that apple tasted like on day one, it will taste completely different on day 21. You understand what I'm saying to you? The man-made sugary things that we eat are so incredibly sugary that they make things that are natural sugar taste bitter. Like, ah, this is not so sweet. But when you, if you can manage to eliminate the man-made sugars as much as possible for a period of time, 
and then go after this natural sugar, like the sugar from an apple, the sugar from a banana, the sugar from a peach. It is like you've never eaten a fruit in your entire life. I don't know how to explain it. I went through it. I gave up a lot of things that were overly sweet, man-made, sugar, sugary things. And now it's hard to go back to them. And you'll see, if you can pull this off, you go and bite up, you know, an icing-laden cake or you have some ice cream, you're like, oh man, this is so crazy sweet. And it's almost like you can't handle it. But then you'll eat an orange, you're like, oh my God, it's like I, it's, this was the best orange I ever tasted in my life. The natural sugar, suddenly you're tasting the, how beautiful it actually is. The things that came naturally grown, how sweet they are and how wonderful they are. And these things became my new, they sort of became my new crutch, if you ask me. I, I depended on them to stay satiated because they were zero-point foods. And with the baseline experiment that I just did, I come to realize that before 11 o'clock in the morning or before noon, let's say before noon, I am eating over my carbohydrates for the day because of the amount of fruit I'm taking in. Now, You'll say, okay, Don, common sense, you can't eat too many zero points food. I get it. I'm not eating 15 apples. I'm eating one apple. I'm not eating four bananas. I'm eating one banana. Okay? Each one of the things I had, I'm having one of. Am I having too many? It is obvious that I'm having too many fruits total. That is... This baseline experiment has revealed that to me without a doubt. I cannot deny it. I have, I am so far over at 406 grams of carbohydrates per day that I have to do this incrementally. It is the only way I could see doing this successfully. Like everything else, I introduced exercise incrementally. I have to do this. I have to aim to be within my macro goals incrementally. I cannot do it all at once. So here's my plan. I'm calling this phase one. Phase one, carb reduction. It's going to start April 10th. And I'm going to specifically concentrate I got to do something to make this easy on myself. I'm already feeling like a bit of an addict right now. There's like the addict in me that's saying, you're not taking my fruit away from me. And I don't like it, not one bit. Trust me when I tell you that. I don't like feeling like, you know, it's like, okay, if you got an alcoholic and you tell them we're taking alcohol away from you or you got someone who's addicted to cigarettes and you tell them you're never allowing them to have a cigarette ever again, the drug addict, the same thing. It's the same feeling. If someone just incapacitated you, made it so that they were in full control and they would not allow you to smoke ever again, and you listening to me right now and you smoke, the feeling you're having right now as I'm saying that, that's the feeling I'm talking about. That's how I feel about the fruit. Just the knowledge that this, some of this fruit's got to go, some of it's going to be replaced is making me a little crazy.
So phase one, carb reduction, eight weeks, Monday through Friday, starting April 10th. That's 40 days. If I don't get it right, the majority of the time, I'll go into phase two and make no changes. I'll do it another eight weeks. I don't care. I have five meals a day. First breakfast is an English muffin with scrambled eggs, hot peppers, and Velveeta cheese. And a slice of Canadian bacon, all on English muffin. That English muffin accounts for 26 grams of carbs. I'm going to be substituting that for Joseph's pita, which is 9 grams, which is a a savings of 17. I'm going to, from second breakfast, I'm going to be eliminating the pear and the clementines from my second breakfast. This is going to be a carbohydrate savings of at minimum 50 grams. Sometimes the pear ends up being more like 45 grams, but on the, on the, on the averages that I was getting, the pear is averaging around 35 grams. It's a potential savings of an additional 50 grams. There is also non-dairy creamer. I use that powdered creamer in my coffee. What I plan to do with that is use Premier Protein. The entire container of Premier Protein, if you buy it pre-made from Costco, it has like these little containers. The whole container only has 9 grams I'm sorry, four grams of carbohydrate. The non-dairy creamer I'm using has 24 grams of carbohydrate. So that's another 20 saved. In my snack later in the day, I have yogurt. In that yogurt, I am putting plain Cheerios, a cup of plain Cheerios. This accounts for... 21 grams of carbohydrates. I'm going to put half a cup. So that's going to be, we're talking about 10 and a half grams of carbohydrates for a half a cup. For dinner on most nights of the week, I have brown rice. One cup of brown rice is 46 grams of carbohydrates. I'm just eliminating that. I also have this Mixed vegetables. Now, I don't know if I'm going to eliminate both. I may just start with the brown rice. I haven't decided that yet. But the mixed vegetables are those steam bags that have the carrots, the peas, the string beans, and the, and the corn all together. This bag, this steam bag, accounts for 25 grams of carbs. I want to eliminate it eventually. I don't know if I'm going to do it right away. We will see. Right now for phase one, it is a total projected savings of carbohydrates of 194 grams. That would get me almost half the way there if I do this successfully. And if, you know what, if I don't end up with the majority of the days to be successful, that's fine. I'm going to add another eight weeks and keep going until the majority of the 40 days are successful. It's how I do things. I don't want to go all at once from 400 grams of carbs to 144. I just don't see success in that. I don't see it whatsoever. If I could pull this off, 
it's an aggressive reduction. Now, the only things that I doubt at this moment, of all the things I listed for you, the only things that I doubt that I'll be able to get rid of are the reducing the Cheerios and the mixed vegetables at dinner. We can't get to where we're going if we don't ever try. I'm not going to tell you I see myself to be successful instantly. I see myself as failing many times. But it doesn't matter how many times I fail. I just keep going. And at some point, the majority will be successes. The first 40 days starts April 10th. Look, is this macro thing going to be for everyone? Probably not. It's such a detailed look at what we put in our mouth. People may just never want to deal with it. We start all of this thinking we're willing to sacrifice to get what we want. But the closer and closer you get to the end, you realize what you want is the biggest sacrifice. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. Just thinking about the things I'm about to change, they make me extremely nervous, extremely uncomfortable, and a little bit scared. I don't like feeling like the addict in me is not going to get what he wants and he's going to act out. But what did I tell you last week? I told you learn to ask the questions that give you the answers that make you feel uncomfortable. But it doesn't stop there. When you get those answers, you have to now do something with that information. You have to implement change so that you can actually get to where you're going. Because getting the knowledge is not the end. It's only the beginning of the next step. So when we're sitting here and we're just maintaining because everything we've practiced up to this point is not getting us to the end anymore. And then we choose to make that dive into additional information. What can I learn to do? What, what is this? The whole world that is health and fitness is this vast empire of information. But we choose to stay and look at points. Look, none of this is about staying loyal to a company. All of this is about obtaining as much knowledge as unbelievably possible and learning what it really means to nourish your body and to take care of yourself on a level you never believed possible. And I'm telling you, it's all possible if you're willing to be whatever you need to be to get to wherever you need to be. It's as simple as that. At any given moment, you have to be willing to sacrifice everything that makes you think you are who you are so that you can achieve everything you were always supposed to become. If you don't let go, you'll never get there. That's the final anchor. That's the final chain. 
everything after that is free falling and you don't know what's coming and it's scary and it's exciting all at the same time but nothing in my mind is convincing me otherwise that to get to where I want to be that this isn't absolutely necessary it's all extremely necessary to get to where I want to be and I choose me at all costs to get there I love each and every one of you God bless you all